0: Unraveling the UFO Endgame, a cosmic conversation with Blake and Brent Cousins. Episode 56 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast Live Edition. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast where we explore the unexplained and mysterious phenomena that have occurred throughout the state of Michigan
1: and beyond. From UFO sightings to ghostly encounters, we delve deep into the stories, the evidence, and the theories behind these strange events.
0: We are your hosts. I'm Michelle. And I'm Wayne. We are an educator duo that, after an encounter with a triangular UFO in 2018 in Michigan, we decided to investigate UFOs and the paranormal. In this podcast, we will be speaking with eyewitnesses, experts, and researchers to uncover the truth about some of the most intriguing cases of paranormal activity in and around Michigan.
1: Our goal is not to convince anyone of the existence of these phenomena, but rather to provide a platform for discussion and exploration. So buckle up and join us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole
0: on an escalator.
1: all right everybody how is it going out there man we have a great show for you michelle we have a damn fine show a tonight damn fine show tonight. this is gonna be a damn fine, damn fine show damn fine show damn fine show all right so welcome everybody thank you for joining us uh man talk about a great show so this is episode 56 of the michigan ufo sightings and paranormal encounters podcast live edition and it is the 13th of may 2023 at the time of this recording so we are currently live right now on youtube twitter and facebook but always remember If you don't catch the show, we will be releasing the audio version of this as well on all of the major podcasting platforms such as iHeartRadio, iTunes, Radio Republic, Google Podcast, Spotify, and many others. So before we get into this and have the Cousins Brothers join us who are waiting patiently backstage, we're going to say... Uh, we're gonna uh, start things off by saying hi to the chat room. Michelle, absolutely. We've got a lot of folks here. We've yes, got we Diane is is with
0: us. Richie from Goofon. We've got Guy Merritt, Mike J. Uh, let's see. Of course, we've got uh, Mama Dorothy in here. We got Straw Dog. Bernie was here earlier too. Oh, so. he's still
1: here. He's still here. Oh, yeah. He's, he's he's somewhere. He's he's hiding in the shadows. Yes, he is. So, oh, I see a happy Mother's Day. Yes, absolutely. So to all the mothers out there listening and uh, what's up, not sure. Even to Michelle right here, you know, happy <clears throat> Mother's Day, everybody. This is the woman who is not cooking tomorrow. That's right. Hey, Rick. All right. So there's Bernie. See, I told you Bernie was yep. here. Waiting in the show. All right. So to everybody watching or listening to this later, thank you for checking out the show. For those of you in live chat, if you have some questions for Blake and Brent, please put them in all caps and we will try to get to your questions. But just know that we have them for about an hour, and I have a lot of questions. We just uh basically finished up the UFO endgame to disclosure documentary. And uh, I have some questions, and Michelle's going to be hardcore watching that chat room tonight. So, uh, Michelle, what else do we got going on?
0: Oh, let's see. Well, you know, just wanted to say that this podcast and live show happens because of you. So the viewers and the listeners of the show and your amazing support – so if you want to help support the pod, the podcast links are below in the show description with our PayPal, Patreon, Linktree. That will take you to other ways to support the podcast, including the merch store. But one of the best ways that you can support this live show is... The best is, ways.
1: One of the best ways. The best ways. The damn best ways. damn
0: best ways is to like, share, and subscribe. So the more subscribers and support we have, the more incredible content we can bring to you, like the guests that we
1: have tonight. Absolutely. So, and just for some quick shout outs, we have to let our Patreon members know that they are very much loved. So Hava H this shout outs for you. And uh, I did tell you today when I saw you that you were getting a shout out. So Hava, thank you for supporting the show and make sure you get on that homework. You know, you got homework to do for college. And then we have our Patreon members, Tabin R and Cheryl G. So thank you once again for your continued support and helping the podcast. But as Michelle said, one of the best ways to support our show is to like, share, and subscribe. So and just really quick, really quick. Next Saturday, there will not be a show as we will be going to a graduation for my middle child who is graduating high school. The one who did all of our artwork and what you see behind me over here. Um, so yeah it is her graduation so we will not have a show next Saturday Um, but we will be back the following Saturday and we have back the man the myth the legend Stephen Bassett coming back on I mean talk about a quick turnaround he wanted to come back on and uh, talk about things going on and I don't know what what the new stuff is that's popping up at this point but he was excited to come on and give us some information before Contact in the Desert 2023. So really excited to see what he's got to share with everybody. So, all right, Michelle, without further ado, are you ready? It's about damn time. It's about damn time. We bring on the fine boys from Hawaii. Here we go. It is... What? brothers how are you guys Blake and Brent thank you for joining us
2: Wayne Michelle hey good to be with you guys Brent's here too
1: yeah aloha from Hawaii guys aloha aloha man I wish we were there right now I know <laughs> I put it in my subject line so you know um, we, we got to go through the beginning of this this is the first time we've had you guys on our show we know you guys are huge documentary makers Uh, You have one of the most successful shows on YouTube with Third Phase of Moon. But how did you guys get into making films and documentaries in the first
2: place? Hey, guys. Well, it's good to be on the show and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing and um, getting the word out uh, The the language you guys are uh, talking on your podcast is definitely very proper, and uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing. It takes some uh, work and dedication, and even this even smaller channels and people that are getting into this field. Even at Third Phase Moon, we like to talk to pretty much everybody and who's open minded and willing to take a look at the evidence. But uh, yeah, as far as us getting into documentaries, it's interesting. It all started probably about fourteen years ago when we met a person by Jim Martin, and he. Had his own uh, sports company, and he opened up his own division into the UFO field. Basically, after watching Third Phase of Moon, he says, "There's a big market. Look at what Third Phase of Moon's doing. I need to get into making UFO documentaries." So Jim Martin, at the time, was a vice president of. It was called the Orchid, uh, distrib- Orch the Orchard Distribution, and later 1091. And he said, "Guys, there's uh, something going on here in the streaming." platform as far as high-end documentaries you guys got to start getting on it with all your evidence that you have and the people and the connections you're making you guys I could get your word out and start distributing your documentaries if you guys start producing we're like well this sounds like a pretty open invitation especially with our uh, background being in it so long so we decided let's jump into it and in our first documentary uh, we so happened to run across this gentleman by the name of Jim Channon and Jim Channon lived on our island right here on the big island about 35 miles away from us and we said wow this jim Channon is very interesting they based the movie who saw the men uh the men who see goats right the men who stare at goats stare and we're like goats, yeah. yeah the men who stare at goats and we're like this jim Channon that jeff bridges played his role let's go down and see what he's all about so that was our first documentary called the first earth battalion all about um the whole cia stargate program in remote viewing and that phenomenon it's interesting we were the last to interview jim channon unfortunately in the middle of filming he passed away but the a few days prior to his passing he was so happy with our rough cut and he was so excited that the word was going to get out and he was um, telling me, which was quite interesting. He says, there's a mothership outside my house and I'm going to be leaving soon. And, you know, three days later he passed. But wow. so, uh, you know, with the success of First Earth Battalion, we jumped into our next uh, project called Countdown to Disclosure. And this is during that worldwide, you know, thing that was going on where everybody had to stay home. Right. And, you know, Dr. Greer ended up coming to Los Angeles and we're talking to him about, hey, let's. Maybe uh if we could get a camera crew and get on location where you're at in Los Angeles, you mind if we give you a, do a sit-down interview? And we conducted this kind of remotely. We're in Hawaii. We had our camera crew in Los Angeles and we're asking questions, and we put this whole interview together with countdown to disclosure, along with some other people that we interviewed, like Michael Sala at the time, and we had Jim Goodall, who actually obtained Bob Lazar for on Uh, the record statement in regards to this new york times article and when we released countdown to disclosure it was kind of this underground uh, documentary with no advertising all of our documentaries we put zero advertising into uh, to getting the word out on our documentaries this is all just grass roots and people just gravitate uh, towards a subject matter but we want to give it in a way that it's heavy hitting you don't you can't we don't want people to turn away you know obviously some of the information we're bringing forth if you've been studying the field for 15 10 years maybe some of the stuff is uh, not new to to the professional insiders that study the phenomenon but for the for the layman the masses over there on amazon people really are learning a lot and uh getting their head around the whole aspect of not taking the major media's word for it and some of these uh people that are uh, taking this narrative that there's a threat, we got to build up our military, we don't know what it is. In our opinion, we think there there is some kind of uh, technology that somebody's cracked the code, and it's in our assets. And right now, there's power, there's propulsion, and there's energy that is uh, being suppressed. And we just watched a documentary the other night, kind of got a sneak peek at it. We, we uh, got to see the Lost Century, Dr. Greer's new documentary that he's coming out with in about a month or so. And he really get, go, delves deep, even though we covered it in UFO Endgame and above top secret, some of the suppressed technology and what happens to the people that create the technology and their demise in regards to um, some of their patents. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot on the table. There's so much evidence out there that there, our government is keeping uh, secrets from us and we could have been in a whole new paradigm and it could have started 50 years ago.
1: Very hmm. Very interesting. Um, so I want to back up for a minute though. Didn't you guys make a horror film? Not too, I mean, a long time ago that was recently re-released uh collector's edition and all that was it
2: slaughter day. Oh, yeah, well, a uh, good, good call there. Most people will get that wrong, but yeah, absolutely. We started, you know, working. We always wanted to, uh, you know, since we're kids, our parents, we begged them to get us a video camera. We we're working with the super eight back in the time, I think our first, uh, super eight, experience we started filming when we we're about five years old in 1975 and then uh begged our parents when the vhs came out if they could get it for us and they certainly did and we started making our little, uh, movies. Our first one was, we're trying to make a Raiders of the Lost Ark film. And we're, we're like, after we looked at it, we're like, this doesn't look anything like Raiders of <laughs> Lost Ark. This looks really bad. What's going on here? Why doesn't it look that good? But, you know, we fine tune our techniques. We brought in our friends from the school and, um, growing up in Hawaii, it was kind of an interesting lifestyle being pretty much the only two white kids in the school. So there was a lot of issues with being white here in Hawaii. People, Uh, Kind of know how it is if you're down here, but once you kind of hang in there, keep your chin up and uh, we started collaborating with a lot of local kids and they just loved our little short films. The whole school would show up and gather around that little TV set and just have such a great time. So we made this uh, series of movies called Slaughter Day. And, uh, you know, 31 years later, uh, our (laughs) featured length film got picked up by a distributor. And called it one of the best horror shot on video movies ever made. Remnants of the Evil Dead. And yeah, it it, it has, has a really neat following. And with all the fans out there that uh, begged us to maybe remake or reboot Slaughter Day. As a matter of fact, this past, uh, this past year we worked on our new reboot of Slaughter Day. It's called Day of the Wicked. And it mm. took us uh, about three months to make. We worked on it full time and we put a lot of work into it. it we, we're excited when we drop a uh, day of the wicked, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But slaughter day, those techniques and making horror movies, m- making film is one of our, is a passion of ours. But making documentaries are two different animals. So it's interesting, Brett. Yeah, it's pretty cool when we uh, started day of the wicked, our friends, and I'm sure you might be aware of them, Doc Skinner and uh, Apollo Asteria. Oh, They're yeah. Like, uh, docs he lives in arizona he says man guys could i fly over and get a part in there we're like absolutely and uh we got him playing uh the sheriff in town and then uh while we're up in hollywood hills at our friend's place we um got a paula stare to show up for a week and we got a great part for her so the, uh, they're all sprinkled throughout the film it's great working with these guys and you know it's a collaboration uh, there's really no money put into this film is this all love and everybody uh you know took their time off that for uh those two months to come out and uh you know pro bono this and they really uh put out um a really great effort in uh being first time actors, patients and all this stuff and um i think we uh, turned out uh, really a really a great cinematic film for basically a zero budget
1: <laughs> well that's that is awesome you know and when you're telling that story i think all of us at some point, if we had access to the technology of a, a VHS camera or now with the cell phones, everybody is wanting to make videos. I remember as a kid and one of my friends is uh, watching, a childhood friend of mine, um, we put together, well, we used to put together these little mini horror films on a VHS camcorder. When, I mean, you're talking 86, 87 time frame. And one of the things that we did for a finale to the movie was my friend was being murdered. And what we did is we opened up his dining room table and we had his legs sticking down through the bottom of the table, then him laying back on the table and then covered up with a sheet. And then we had all of this fake blood and, and guts and stuff spread all over the table with a pair of legs. So it looked like he was basically, cut in half and, and his legs were slid down the table and h- his thing was that he was reaching into this bloody mess which it wasn't it was like candy and stuff yeah, and he yeah was, you don't want to use real eating. stuff it's disgusting mm-hmm. yeah you want to was... have candy
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we use kool-aid or uh yeah hershey's syrup for like hershey's strawberry syrup mixed in with little hershey's chocolate so on the scene it smells great you know it's like yeah Here, put this in your mouth and, you know, (laughs) people are getting high off a sugar rush.
1: Yeah, even my daughters, once they, you know, when they were young and and they had a cell phone, my uh, middle child, her name is Abigail. And I was naming her after the the King Diamond character, you know, the heavy metal King Diamond Abigail. And uh, so they decided to make a black and white movie on their phones and put it all together on their little Fisher Price like little thing we had for him, was it a tablet or whatever? And they put together a little horror film where she was a ghost and she had her hair like from the ring and all this stuff. And and here they are, you know, they didn't watch those kind of movies, but they put something together like that. And they were maybe uh seven and twelve or something like that. When they put that together, it's it's just uh seems Absolutely. like we are constantly, you know even from an early age, wanting to do something like that.
2: Yeah. It's inspirational. You kind of like, feel like you, you're in control. Um, You're, you're working on your idea, your, your kind of vision of what you want to put out, especially in narrative films. And it's exciting. It feels powerful. And what's amazing nowadays, especially like you're saying this technology, you know, you know, 20, 15 years ago, it would cost at least a quarter of a million dollars oh, just yeah. for the camera and then another quarter of a million dollars for the cam, and then another quarter of a million for the, you know, the, the audio and then another quarter of a million, maybe more for the film cut. So it was all out of reach. But now it's insane that, you know, for 12,000 bucks, you, you're competing up against the big boys now. And uh, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's really cool that the technology has been accessible to pretty much everybody now at this point to do something. I mean, Michelle and I are teachers and we're doing this stuff, you know, with our time and on a shoestring budget, you know. And but to be able to do that and talk to, you know, 40,000 people on our podcast and all of that is it's just amazing that just about anybody can have a voice. Now, what I do want to ask you is going from making like slaughter day and that feel of making that movie and then going into documentaries, do you guys have that same like feeling of this is really cool? This is exciting. Or are you in a different mindset now of we should get out information to the public?
2: Well, you know, when we're producing our documentaries and we're going across the country and asking uh, certain individuals these questions that appear on the documentaries, it's an adventure in itself. It's very exciting. And when we put together and frame up our shots, we want to have that cinematic feel. And it's interesting. When you watch some of our documentaries, we watch this and we we go back and review our film kind of like a month or two later, kind of after we're done with the edit, we revisit the documentary and it almost plays out like a movie It's, it's, It almost seems like it's make-believe, but in reality, we're just asking questions and we're uh, getting these answers. There's no scripting whatsoever, but it lays out in kind of a progression of a narrative film. But in fact, everything that these people are saying, they truly believe what they're saying, and it just plays out. Almost like a film, but it comes across as information, documentary, filmmaking at its best, in my opinion, when some of these people are bringing forth the information that's so important to everybody and they need to kind of wrap their head around it. Some of these these documentaries that we do produce, there's so much information. Some people are telling us that they're watching it five, six times to to kind of like ingest this because there is a lot in there and a lot of the information makes people angry too and that's what we stated before releasing the film that this is going to make people angry because of the the information that we're talking about in regards to a better world that we could be in and we're being uh, suppressed from it
1: well said i i guess i'm not angry by watching the the last one the the ufo end game um but I am very confused by a lot of things that Dr. Greer says. And one of the things that bothers me about some of the stuff that he says is I guess over like the last 75, 78 years, the government's been working on this technology that, and and correct me if I'm wrong and, and I'm trying to put it in a logical sequence in my head, Sure. Yeah, we've been, we've been working on, or the stuff has been sequestered away, split up, Wright Patterson, uh, you name it, S four, Bob Lazar, all this stuff. But my 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 thought process is is that over the last seventy eight years they've been working on this, and they this this black shadow government is working on this hidden technology, we could be in a much better place. but yet then he says that they're using it to create a alien attack kind of bla- uh, false flag narrative. And I I kind of get lost in where he goes sometimes. Um, because like you said, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Um, there's so much information there. But I was just curious, like when he talks about whistleblowers and stuff coming forward, have you guys had whistleblowers that are hiding from the government with evidence, like physical stuff we could get our hands on and and talk about this? That, to me, as a scientist, that that would be something I would really want to know about. And so I'm just going to put that out there to you. Have you guys had people come to you? um, that you think are legitimately whistleblowers trying to get you guys some straight up information about this?
2: Well, absolutely. There's calls, there's emails that come in, not every day, but every, uh, you know, a year, once a year, we'll get somebody that comes forth. That's worked within the military. A few guys that worked in on the Navy, Navy ships, the Dubuque, um, a few others. And we, um, we had, we don't, hesitate to tell them look let's just get this up on third phase of moon and um, well one of the reasons why they do reach out to us is because they want to get the word out because we got this platform but it amazes me that uh, some of these whistleblowers way before any of this wash uh the New York Times article in 2017 uh, people from the Navy were coming forward to third phase of moon in regards to their experiences out there in the Pacific resembling pretty much straight up what you're hearing with the nimitz but the world news only wants to talk about the nimitz the tic tac and the go fest and these these stories that kind of go around in circles versus let's bring in more new blood people that are willing to put their face forward their their names and their experiences and we've had multiple whistleblowers on third phase of moon come forth and have their testimony stated uh, for the record, and we post it straight up. Again, when we receive the information, we don't want to sit on it like a lot of other people do. They kind of want to kind of prolong their, their their release for some odd reason. Our our motto is: when we get it, it's going to get out because we don't want to sit on the stuff that comes in. We think it's important not just uh, for the for the people around the world, but for the person that shot it and um, experienced it. And we think that's one of the most important things we do at Third Phase of the Moon is create this um this platform for people to share their footage and if we deem it something that we can explain that's kind of our goal here if my brother and i can't explain what we're looking at and let me tell you we can pretty much look at a lot of stuff and a lot of these videos will never be seen to the world because they're just mundane it's there's nothing compelling about it our goal is when we put something up we want to roll out cgi we don't want to see any manipulation And we also want to make sure that it's genuine footage, obviously. But when people come forth and you look at their channel, they're just random people, regular people that are in a perfect spot to experience the phenomenon. And there is no agenda. 99.9% of the people that shoot the phenomenon are just normal people that aren't even looking up in the sky. They're not UFO hunters. They're not looking for it. They're just the world's a big place. and. People are always looking, having their cameras and when they come across it, they shoot it. And these are just regular people uh, just like you and me that come across it. And somehow somewhere I guess we've got the word out because we continue to get UFOs on a daily basis. Like today we got five, six submissions. Even one has come in just a few minutes ago. Again, we look at them. If we can't explain it, you're going to see it up on third phase of moon. But as far as Greer's, uh, Dr. Greer's idea about the false flag alien uh,
3: threat—you
2: know, Greer can speak for himself on that. And again, we're just asking questions, and people are giving us the answers. Some people say, "Why, why don't you fact check this or fact check that?" You know, if we fact checked everything that Greer said, I don't think we would have a documentary that would come out for at least twenty years. There's just so much out there. But working with Greer, that being said, over the past five years, talking to him behind the scenes. Uh, Hanging out with him in the desert over there at a CE5 uh, event that he held and continuing to speak with him. I could tell you that he's he's passionate about what he's saying. And he says a lot of stuff behind the scenes that are mind-blowing. But to to tell you this, Greer is very consistent on what he says. I've never seen him like uh, flub. He, he names the names. He names the dates, the times, the places. Uh, that has a lot to say. If you were trying to be deceitful, why would he even be deceitful behind the scenes on a regular phone call between us? He, he believes what he says. And uh, I think where's one of the forefront the guys on the forefront of uh, disclosure, especially what's coming up again. We've spoken to Michael Strapp behind the scenes. Again, we just had an interview with Dr. Greer that was trending on iTunes. Uh, we put it up on his, cha- uh, excuse me, trending on Twitter. And, you know, we poke posted it both of our channels it, it's the words getting out what's coming up in june in dc shrad and Greers told us about some of these whistleblowers that are going to come forward so we're going to see new people once again and, we're, and again you brought up have you had any whistleblowers i was thinking just recently that some of these interviews that we've done with these whistleblowers that worked within the navy on two different incidents in regards to the phenomenon i might make a, a another re-upload and combine both of these uh, testimonies together in just a little mini doc on third phase. Cause I think people need to see again that there, there are a lot of whistleblowers that are uh, coming forward, but now that the laws change, I think we're going to get a lot more. This is something special and there's going to be heavy drops in DC coming up. So yeah, just buckle up for that.
1: That's awesome. And I really like what you said about having these mm-hmm. whistleblowers coming forward, to you guys even before the 2017 release of the go fast tic-tac and uh, what was it the gimbal um mm-hmm. man that that's really really cool that you were having people come forward now I, I imagine for you it was a big shock to then see in 2017 what the navy had released was it not
2: mm, I, I, I was very underwhelmed it wasn't a shock it was an interesting headline that they said that They've captured UFOs and they don't know what there's a phenomenon we don't know what it is. That was compelling, but you know the videos itself were very lackluster. The information behind it wasn't solid. We've spoken to Kevin Day in regards to the radar uh, pickups on these apparently tic tacs moving at extraordinary rates of speed but again we don't have the data he said that they were rated within 12 hours of this so that the, the data is not there so we really don't have anything to fall back on except those videos and those videos do not show any kind of indication as even michu kaku states which i am p- kind of amazed that he did saying that these videos prove 100 percent that they're these objects define the laws of physics which is totally false And it's way overrated, and I don't understand why Michikaku says that these videos prove that. Because in in reality, these videos don't prove much at all, except that they're released. But again, they're redacted, they're edited, we don't get to see the beginning, the end. Uh, There's so many questions behind it. Again, we don't know what they are, but again, the videos don't amount to much. uh, I'd like to see a lot more and I'm sure they've got it. According to Michael Schrat, they've got the high glossies, they got the 60 millimeter, they got the HD 22 minute videos. There is there's something out there, but are they going to ever show it to us? I don't think so. It's too national security. You know, let's just say if they did capture it, how are they going to roll it out? I, it's not they can't do it. It's it's they're way too deep into the cover up. If they unless they just come out and admit. That, look, we held this from you for this long, for this purpose and this reason. But again, there's been a lot of lives lost. There's been a lot of cover up. There's been a lot of some people say murder side, you know, wet works, all this kind of stuff in regards to patents, energy, the phenomenon. There have been a lot of uh, nefarious things that have happened. So for them to come forward, there would be a lot of uh, things that they would have to basically, I, I don't know it's a little tricky in the position that they're in quite tricky.
1: Yeah. Dangerous from the sounds of it too.
0: Okay. Guys got a question for you with, with all of the passion, with the, the research and the documentaries, let's take it to a personal side. Have either one of you ever experienced any, um, UFOs or, um, paranormal phenomena experiences?
2: Well, um, Sure, uh, absolutely, 100%. Started out as as we were uh, at a young young age. You know, the abduction phenomenon. We've never claimed that we've been abducted, but my brother and I, we, at four years old, we had these two little gray guys come into our room, and it was uh, late at night. We're looking at them. We felt comfortable. They're pitter pattering around the bedroom. They had their little black jumpsuits. So when we saw that Skinny Bob video, not saying it's legit or not, but I'm just saying that's what they – it looked exactly like that. And there's three of them in our room, and they're just looking at us. We felt safe. We don't know what's going on unless me and my brother experienced the same dream. I don't know. We both experienced it. We don't know what happened afterwards either. We just kind of fell asleep. I don't remember – except that they're in our room and we're looking at them and we're like, wow, this is strange. And then the next morning we went to our parents and told them about these creatures and these things with big eyes and big heads that came in. So that phenomenon, as people say, it starts out as a young childhood. I got to say it it happened with us. So that was interesting. But we've had some really amazing UFO encounters. And one of them happened uh, as of the most recent was on our birthday. What was it? 2010, December 30th. A friend of ours, well, not so much a friend, kind of an acquaintance. We live in a rural community here on the big island. And he he runs this little sweet potato farm in the middle of nowhere. And he knows that we're filmmakers, we've got camera equipment, and we have our third phase moon channel. So he cold called us out of the and we didn't I didn't know we didn't know him that well. But he says, Look, guys, there's been some action over my over my farm over the past week. You guys gotta bring your cameras with you and we're like, well, uh, sure we'll come down. And it was on our birthday. So we met Eric and his wife, um, Eric and Janelle beach. And another fellow sh- showed up our classmate. His name was Jesse Kunishigi and we're interviewing them. And you know, it was about eight o'clock at night and the couple were very happy that we're there. Cause you could tell that they were traumatized about something that they were experiencing something that was actually traumatizing them. They're worried. These guys are like uh, adults and they seem like little children and they're just really happy that we're there com- that they're comforted just by us being out there with them in this sweet potato farm at 8:30 at night. All of a sudden, Eric goes, "Look, look." And you know, ever since right at that happened, you know what hit the fan basically. We didn't know what to expect, but we saw these lights descending down upon us. And then it revealed itself to be this massive black triangle. We had no idea what to expect. The the guys, they didn't even see anything this big. And Janelle says, it it wasn't like this before. These lights were swirling around the tips of this triangular craft. You had to actually spin your head uh, about 180 to see it in the sky. It's approximately, I'd say, no more than 250 feet above us. And it took your whole... Next span to look at from one direction to the other. And this sighting lasted for over four and a half minutes. It was descending down upon us. Jesse Kunashigi for some reason, bought a gun, brought his gun. We we're like, why are you bringing a gun here? He says, I don't want to get abducted. This is before the thing was above us. And then he's actually has his camera up on it. And then he has his hand on his gun about ready to shoot at this thing. Thank God he did it. But, uh, you know, these are things that lead us uh, again. I, we're not saying they, these are ET by any means. Now, after after what is it, thirteen years later, I believe that this was something that was ours. But it was there's magnetic in the air is unbelievable. It hovered upon us and then slowly drifted over towards towards the north uh, over Waipio Valley, and we just watched the back of it as it's like drifting over the plains, and it looked straight up like a close encounter movie. It was just it was it was unbelievable. It's one of the bursts best birthday presents you could ever imagine and i wish i could go back to that day as far as filming it we did but you know the footage just in 2010 we didn't have the night vision we didn't have the psionics you're shooting a black sky you know it's not it doesn't look like much you just had to see it to behold it you know the video shows three lights who cares and uh, with a black background so it's not worthy of anything except that if you're there i wish we could go back now with our sensitive equipment And uh, man, we would have rocked the world with that video. It was just absolutely amazing and uh, spectacular. But uh, we've had a few other UFO experiences, absolutely to the phenomenon. As far as ghosts are concerned, we live in Hawaii, it's a spiritual spot. We made a movie called The Night Marchers based on the local legend, which was a big box office uh blockbuster here in the state of Hawaii. We sold out crowds for five uh. Five times a day, seven days a week throughout the state it was kind of a dream come true. Watching uh, one's film get that much praise. It was like I haven't seen those kind of lines since the Star Wars movies. So that was amazing. And we called it the Night Marchers. And it's based on this local legend of ghosts. And they're apparently warriors for the king and dead warriors. And if you ever come across them and look at them in the eye, you'll never be seen again. And one of the only only ways you could survive is uh, lay down, take your clothes off, lay down naked and don't look up at it. But This is a legend. Uh, this is real serious business. And uh, since those days, a lot of people have come up to us and told us about the legend. Have we experienced the night marchers ourselves? Uh, not necessarily, but we may have caught it while we we're filming it. At one point, we're looking over the footage and we're like, wow, what is that in the background? Apparently, these night marchers walk around with torches. At night, these Hawaiian warriors with torches and you see streams of them, like hundreds of them along these old trails. And uh, we picked up on something on the video that looked uh, rather suspicious and you could like the uh, weather, the air around us turned cold. And it was just a very weird uh, situation. But uh, the UFO phenomenon, I could say thousand percent, there's something up there that we can't explain whether it's E.T. or not. We don't have the answers. That's what we're trying to find out.
1: Yeah. um, You know, it's funny how you talked about you and your brother having that experience when you were young. I did not have any kind of UFO or alien experience while I was young. I know Michelle hasn't either, but in 2018, we were driving home and basically went under one of these giant triangles that was floating above an intersection of the freeway we were trying to go home on in a road that we were driving on. And uh, I, the thing was at least 300 feet on a side. And the last thing we thought about was any kind of snapping a picture. And when I, when I think about what it is that we saw, you know, it, it was three bright lights, but what was strange about them was they were the brightest thing in the sky at 2:30 in the morning, even though it was only, maybe hovering about 150 feet above the ground, but the lights were not illuminating anything underneath it, but we could see the lights. It was the strangest thing. It made no sound. Michelle put the window down and she's like, nope, it's dead quiet. When did our military get something like this? And I was like, that's not our military. There's no way they wouldn't be flying it. 12 miles north of Detroit over a suburb. And it's just sitting there. And then when we went under it and I looked up out of the driver's side, because I was basically told you guys don't belong here. Get away. You don't belong here. And I looked up as we were circling underneath it to get on the expressway to head away from it. And the body of it looked like it was, uh, similar to heat mirage over blacktop. And now once, once again, you know, Michelle has a master's degree in English language arts. And, and I was hanging
0: out the window like a little kid watching this thing. Yeah. And nice.
1: I have a degree in earth and space science and that's what I teach. I have a bachelor's in, in that and geology as well. And everything that we knew just kind of like when it came to this stuff was like, what the hell was that? Now, I had some health issues and stuff later, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that we did was um, start a a private Facebook group asking people if they saw this thing the same night and around the same time. And it was a private Facebook group. We didn't put it out there or nothing. People just kind of found it and asked to join. We're at like 6,400 people now on this Facebook group. And we're getting all kinds of information. Well, about a year went by and we were at like 3,000 people. And I said, Michelle, maybe we need to talk about this and bring people on to talk their stories to everybody and get it off their chest. And that was in 2000, early 2021, like February, beginning of March was like our very first show. And we've been going nonstop with these things all the way uh, looking at. um. And having on Jack Bouchang from um, Unsolved Mysteries about the Michigan UFOs. And we just found out, like, all of these people and these situations that have happened with UFOs here in Michigan, UAPs, whatever the case may be. And it has been really shocking how... It's been very, very quiet since the 1966 when it comes to the, you know, 1966 UFO flap here in Ann Arbor and Dexter area around Hillsdale College. And there's definitely something going on, but it also shows like the power of the media because once Hynek kind of put the swamp gas hypothesis out there, everybody kind of laughed at a, a whole like half a state of people. And dismiss them, and it went dead quiet after that. Even though all of these things were happening, so um, I was wondering, like, when it comes to like Michigan UFOs, and if you've seen that uh, something in the sky documentary, or not documentary, but that episode on Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. When it comes to Michigan, have you guys looked at any kind of UFOs or or the, the hot spot that is is Michigan here?
2: Yeah, we did watch that Netflix Unsolved Mysteries and I'm glad Unsolved Mysteries is back covering the absolutely. UFO topic because they're doing really high end and it's a template and we try to keep up to a template like that. And they do absolutely amazing work and bringing forth the eyewitnesses and the testimony and how they corroborate one one another's story is absolutely phenomenal. I, I could do a quick search on third, third phase moon. I'm sure we've got UFO sightings out of Michigan. Um Uh, we get them from all over as specifically it's it's really great too because you guys witnessed it as well sounds exactly like the same thing we witnessed one quick question you know on on the tips of the triangular craft there are like these escorting orbs that was uh uh, doing rotations around the tip of it on the right and left hand side is absolutely amazing to witness it kind of like highlighted the triangular craft itself the lights connected to it Really didn't like, like you say, sheen on the under bottom or give it shape. But these escorting lights on the tips were kind of reveal helped it reveal itself because it was night. Um, very interesting. And I'm glad that it's just, it's amazing that the phenomenon of the triangular craft, it, we've seen it with our own eyes. You've seen it. We know it's real. And a lot of people, it's it's just amazing. There's technology out there. Again, do you think it was ET or do you think it was uh, military?
1: I I honestly don't know, because if it was military, you know, being a former military person myself, I would be extremely upset that they were testing or flying these kind of craft over. I mean, we're, we're in a suburb of Detroit. It's packed with people around here and uh-huh. it, it would be and we got airliners flying all over the place out of Detroit Metro here. It would be very, very dumb for them to be flying a craft like this just for a few of us on the expressway, you know, at 2.30 in the morning to see it and know we were not on drugs, according to certain people (laughs) or whatever.
0: Around Michigan, we have a lot of air shows, too, especially Mm -hmm. at a Willow Run. And that's a big thing around here. So to have the what we saw as a triangle. It, I don't know. I feel if the military actually did have one of those, they would want to almost show it off like they did the stealth. Um, because I remember seeing uh, stealth for the first time when I was a teenager in the parking lot at service merchants.
2: But this thing, thing, the propulsion technology behind it is absolutely totally different from a stealth. So if you show the stealth and it's got like a turbine rocket engines behind it, then there's that. form of propulsion but this is at a whole uh, different level so if they're going to roll out the their triangular craft they're going to have to say what's running it they can't just say here it is and we can't tell you how there would have to be some kind of disclosure on this kind of technology they might be rolling it out soon just due to the fact of this tic tac possible threat that the narrative is going by because all they want to do is rack up the funds for their technology to defend against it And maybe they're going to go, look, we came out with something that we could defend against it. And that's how they might slowly roll out this kind of propulsion uh, that seemingly defies the laws of physics. Again, I say seemingly defies the laws of physics because there's no such thing as anti-gravity. It's just it appears to be anti-gravity. Gravity Gravity really doesn't exist. Everything's just kind of falling at the same time. This is technology that we may have not cracked, but it's not defying any laws of physics. It's just we have it figured it out or have we is, is the question, but it, you know, being in close encounter to this thing that night, like I said, the guy that with the gun, he cleaned <laughs> up his act. He, he was kind of like a little troublemaker in town, but he got off drugs. He cut his hair. He totally wow. changed his life the day afterwards. And, um, you know, since that time it was kind of, every time we drive by that place, we're just um, go back to that amazing experience and we wish it could happen again. We, we, we loved it. We're like screaming. Like I was screaming like a little girl. It was just, I was like, <laughs> the, the giggle factor was just so exhilarating. Other people were afraid because it was getting closer. At one point I'm like, okay, is this thing going to do something? Cause it kind of descended down upon us little concerning for a split second, but most of it, 95% of it was just super joyful in the, uh, euphoric it was just absolutely amazing i would love to have that happen again but it was interesting because these people called us to that one spot and we were there it it knew that we were there it came by because they knew that we were there and nobody was around for miles it's interesting that it happened over at your uh, spot with a a big population over there in michigan so and then you have how many people 6500 people confirming that they saw it on that date is well no is we've big. had
1: we've yeah. had up to 6500 people join our group and and many of them at least 50% of them have shared their stories with us like 3000 yeah. stories of different things and, and mm-hmm. on top of we did have people come forward and say on that night they saw something exactly like that but in different locations and then we come to find out that we have people and we've had some of them on our our show um that had seen the same exact thing but at different times of the year and, and different years like 1994 even though that was a huge time over on the west side of the state by lake michigan and holland and and that's what the the unsolved mysteries uh show was about on the east side of michigan people were seeing these giant triangles and they were being pursued by fighter craft and uh dispatch from the local air national guard base here in uh, southeast michigan and the thing would just zip away like um as our one um uh, friend who came on the show and described seeing it shoot away was uh like star trek he said it just kind of elongated and was gone and the the f-16s that were after it were in full afterburner and he's standing there basically getting ready to go to work and having a cigarette and hear these jets go over and seeing this craft take off It, it was you know and he had no there was no like Doubt in his voice of what he had seen and what was going on. I just I find that the commonality with the way that the lights work in the corners of being super bright, but they have some kind of control over the light actually illuminating things on the ground. Like because they, they should have been spotlights. You should have the, the the whole exactly. ground, yeah. The whole ground underneath this thing should have been illuminated like like it was daylight and it wasn't, which was really, really creepy. And uh, I wish we could have uh, an experience that was more gleeful like yours, but it was not, I was in terror. Like when I heard that voice in my head telling me, you know, you don't belong here, get away. You don't belong here. It was like, Oh no. You know, I, I pushed the Jeep to the max at that point, which, you know, a Jeep is a brick on four wheels. It doesn't go that Not fast. Not me.
0: I was curious. So yeah. I would have hoped that we would have seen it longer than we did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. People have their own uh, ways of experiencing the phenomenon. Absolutely. It's interesting. Cigarette smokers is bad for your health, I guess. But you're. it's amazing that most of these people that have their sightings, Along with their testimonies, like "Oh, I was outside smoking a cigarette, and then this popped up." So, yeah, it's interesting. These people are the a lot of these people smoke cigarettes that are citing this because they're outside. But that being said, yeah, just recently we had a couple F twenty two Raptors fly directly over our house, and we reported on Third Phase of Moon. We we speculated that they're engaging something, but we couldn't confirm it. But we posted it up on Third Phase of Moon. That There's something very strange going on on our island because the direction of these F-22 Raptors, they never, ever come over this area of the Big Island. So we knew it was something unusual uh, being here for, I don't know, 30, what, 40 years now, approximately. So it turns out after we reported it, it took four days later till the major media picked up on the story, and they claimed they are the first ones to break it. But there were... Indeed, chasing something over the state of Hawaii. They call it a balloon, but then they say they don't know what it is. So in my opinion, that's a UFO. If you don't know what it is, don't call it a balloon. Because if it's a balloon, then just call it a balloon. So their language is a little off and a little uh, uh, second-stepping their own dialogue there. But that being said, we did speak to a pilot that day during the uh, Raptor uh, engagement. That these two, there's four Raptors involved in this, but two of them within 20 minutes of each other. And we reported this first on Third Phase Moon, talking to this other pilot that was, um, he was a tra- he was training a pilot to become a pilot. He's training somebody to become a pilot on his Cessna, and he was able to be so close to the airport, he picked up on the chatter between tower and these two F-22 Raptors, and within 20 minutes of each other. Well, one Raptor declared an emergency landing, and then 20 minutes later, a second F-22 Raptor declared an emergency landing going off fuel. I asked them, is this uh, unusual? Absolutely, it is. Two F-22 Raptors within 20 minutes on that incident uh, declared an emergency to land in Hilo Airport right here on our island. I- I'm not saying this as... I'm just saying this as speculation that I got a feeling, you know, how some of these pilots say that these UFOs or UAPs are messing with their instruments. Again, I'm just speculating here, but it is very bizarre. Again, two emergencies. We were the only ones that reported this on third phase moon. The major news hasn't picked it up on, on it, but we did uh, confirm it with the pilot himself. Um, that was Listening to the chatter that this went down. So who knows? Maybe there was some interference with these. Are they going to tell us this on national news that this UFO or this thing is messing with our F-22s? Of course not. So they kind of they're downplaying it. They're not telling us the full story. Um that's something we're just trying to go after. Um, it's regrettable after 14 years here at third phase that nobody has given us. Uh, any solid proof, you know, we, a lot of videos, great, great videos from around the world, but that's, it's just not enough. We need like tangible evidence. There was one time we were called in into this apparent secret facility. I think it was in Chicago somewhere, Illinois. He invited us to, from Hawaii to show up to this facility that they're working on some kind of propulsion technology in regards to this flying saucer that they were developing and they're going to release it to the world. And they wanted our help in regards to how they're going to strategically put this out by being safe. And they could not stop it. And the game plan is they're going to release these vehicles in different parts of the world, England, America, Spain, all these different uh, continents and countries. And they had like six prototypes and we're getting really excited that we're going to show up, we're going to film this stuff, but you know, that, uh, that communication Uh, blocked off and uh, we never heard from them so there's these like close calls that you get and still unfortunately we're waiting for that meta material or if somebody's got that meta material in their closet we were the last to speak to marcel uh, jr over there in regards to his father uh, showing him the medals over there after the roswell crash and marcel jr said he played with the medal so uh, people still speculate and even michael Strapp believes that people over there in Roswell have uh, the material tucked away and they're just afraid to put it out there. But, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a sketchy situation if you had something like this, but uh, we're looking for that evidence as well. We put out a million dollar reward for any kind of metal material like that or a million dollar reward. If you have like an alien uh, anything, but you know, are are we going to get it? Is anybody going to collect on it? I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see on this, but, it, it, it's a phenomenon that it's hard to obtain, and uh, you know, video evidence is one thing. But we're going to need people within the government to help us out, and we're in close uh, communications with Tim Burchett over there in Congress, uh, yeah. Tennessee. Tim Burchett, mm-hmm. and um, he he's one of these uh, forefront leaders that is speaking again the proper language. You don't hear politicians talking like uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, and when we interviewed him, he's talking about the cover up. He's talking about the blackmail. Cover up in regards to these politicians that have dirt on them. They're too afraid to come forward because they're going to be blackmailed. It's a blackmail business. Uh,
1: well, that can be tied into maybe even some of that uh, island experience that was. Uh, going I was going to say that.
2: Exactly. The same island, that island experience may have uh, implicated a lot of people. And maybe that's what it was designed for. Yeah. Most likely it was.
1: It's very possible. I mean, you know, I.
2: These people that think island so, guy didn't take himself out either, in my opinion, but that's another story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope. I don't I don't think so. Um, but you know, as, as we get closer here to uh having to let you guys go, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about ufology being infiltrated by like disinformation agents you know whether they're government or they're somebody else and kind of going a little bit about the f-22s about uh two of them having to make emergency landings and i know jeremy corbell has said that you know almost on a daily basis we are engaging and shooting at some of these craft you know probably with our primitive weapons or so he says so what kind of evidence have you guys found or information you've been told about what's going on in ufology with certain individuals? And
2: are we really shooting at these things? Uh, It's a good question. It's interesting. Some of these uh, talking heads on these major TV shows and the people that are talking uh, to the major media, they're all, uh, alphabetically, uh, uh, you know, FBI, CIA, they're all connected to alphabet agencies. And that to me is a major indicator that the government is involved specifically to infiltrate the UFO community and spread disinformation. It's just, it's very bizarre. Some of these guys at Skinwalker turn out that they're just not just researchers, but actually worked within alphabet agencies. This is very, very concerning to me. And some of these statements put out by, um, People saying that we're shooting them out of the sky every day i'd sure like to see evidence of that obviously over regions of of war where war's happening there are drones that are put up in the sky by the enemy and people are going to shoot down unknown objects a ufo doesn't mean they're et in nature so are we shooting down unknown objects ufos of course we are but to to state it that it is et in nature and these things are uh Again, once to find the laws of physics or these extraordinary videos, these videos that are being brought forth in regards to some of those statements that you said are not bringing any information that is uh, proving their statements. So, again, we got to be real cautious about uh, how we have our verbiage, especially if you don't have the proof to back it up. And that's why we're just. We're not saying we're experts or we're ufologists on third phase moon on any of this stuff. We're just experts at, at getting the information and putting it out as fast as possible. That's where we come in. So we're not making grand grandiose statements, but we are asking big questions. And some of the people that we ask questions of these, uh, these big questions, we do get these big statements, which is interesting. That's the excitement of the field. But uh, once again, are we shooting these things out of the sky every day? Um, I highly doubt it. If they came all the <laughs> way from another um cosmos, another galaxy, and to visit Earth that they would have we have the technology to shoot these things down. I highly doubt it.
1: Welcome to Earth, guys. Here <laughs> we're gonna shoot at you. <laughs> I, I know Michelle's got uh Yeah, we one have to ask
0: the, the I have to ask the signature question. Do you have any ties to Michigan?
2: Do we have any ties to Michigan? We actually do have family in Michigan, it turns out. Um, It's very interesting. We're not going to get into too much detail, but yeah, our dad's side of the family, you know, I think our grandfather had a different, uh, he had two separate lives, two separate families. And some of our family uh, lives in Michigan as we speak, and we've never uh, actually met up with them, but we do have ties in Michigan. (laughs) all right some cousins actually (laughs) you know not the last name cousins but real cousins that we haven't met that just so happened to be our relatives and we just found that out a few years ago so we might uh do some kind of family reunion at one time
1: awesome that's that's that's, in a state surrounded
0: by water you'll feel right at home
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah we like the bodies of water that's for sure man we're in the middle of nowhere out here it's crazy
1: yeah. And that's hard to think of being on an Island, but you're in the middle of nowhere,
2: you know, it's <laughs> the cleanest man. skies in the, in the world though. It's amazing. And uh, yeah. it's just absolutely, well,
1: I'll tell you, you know, spot. we've, we've had a couple of people that we've interviewed from the UK and you guys out there on Hawaii have got some incredible internet cause we haven't had one issue like we've had with people from the UK. So uh, it, it sounds great and it, it's worked great so just great. before you take off um where can people find your videos i mean i put some links down in the show description and what new stuff you got coming up that people might be interested in looking for
2: well absolutely hey, thanks for having us on you know ufo Endgame game to disclosure our latest documentary uh, is making the top spots on amazon and itunes it's crazy you know it's just my brother and i working on it it's like we're just it's just two of us going across the country asking these questions and we put it together again no advertising and we're able to take the number one uh, slot on amazon and and uh, itunes it's absolutely incredible we're going up against academy award filmmakers right here and some of the big topics of the world and ufo and games taking the top spots it's it's quite humbling so that's available right now itunes amazon Uh, i'm sure you got the genius link below and again we we're always posting the newest, latest, up-to-date UFO, the phenomenon, from the people from around the world on our Third Phase of Moon YouTube channel. And uh, we're always excited to put those out and give credit where the credit's due. We just put up a video of something. I'm not sure if it's a TR3D, but it looks to us like a triangular uh, craft captured in Spain. We received the video uh, two days ago. We put it out last night. And uh, it's night vision footage. Quite uh, quite incredible video coming out from Spain. His name was Edwin. So we're always happy to deal with the public from around the world. And um, next, we're going to be traveling again across the country starting starting this uh, next month, early next month. And we'll be out for a whole month heading to D.C. We're going to be meeting up at the National Press Club, and we're going to be uh, working on our latest uh, documentary. we got some insight to some lawmakers in uh, Congress, and hopefully we're working out with the Senate and ask some big questions and maybe present some of the evidence that we've obtained and some of the people that we've spoken to and see where they'd like to take that. So uh, that's going to be an exciting year. Some of these uh, whistleblowers are going to come forward. We're going to have access to those guys and uh, it's going to be something uh, to behold, whether we're going to get disclosure, I'm not going to predict the future, but I got a feeling, we're going to be a lot more aware of uh, what's going on in the fight for disclosure is uh, stronger than ever.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michelle, did you want to throw something else in there? Or? No, I was telling okay. you,
0: uh, Richie just sent you a message in chat.
1: Oh, he did? He needs a link. Okay. So Richie, Richie's going to join us after the break here and oh, after great. you guys leave. So guys, for you leaving, I do want to play the trailer. To and we bought this yes just and, last night
0: and so. loved seeing Jim Goodall there oh, our, what
2: a great guy good friend Didn't he looked like a president or a senator he, we're like, when we're filming him we're like damn you should be president Jim you I look know good
0: well, and when we saw him, I th- the last time that we saw him, it was like you know a, a sweatshirt or just a normal shirt, and he's got a suit on. I'm
1: like, yeah, what's Jim doing in a suit? <laughs> right, not not what is Jim doing in a documentary? It's what is Jim doing in a suit? You know, yeah, we yeah, we saw him there. right before they uh, left for Brazil, and then yep. I or Belize, Belize. and I, I couldn't go with them on this first expedition, so I was kind of behind the scenes trying to. uh coordinate secret satellite imagery and i'm not going to say much more about that but you know Uh so it's kind of on the state side but all right before you guys go everybody check this out this is the latest documentary from the cousins brothers it is ufo Endgame to disclosure and we bought it last night and we absolutely
0: dug it it, it's a damn fine documentary it's a damn fine
3: documentary all right hey appreciate that turn it up it's a mind-blowing situation for the public it's like oh a conspiracy theory it's entertaining but if you're actually in a responsible position and you find out that there's a whole secret government program that you don't know about it's a shock this report comes from a shadowy pentagon department that was shut down in 2012. the disclosure movement It's been hijacked by people parroting the narrative and the script being written by these black projects. I would say 90 plus percent of everything that's gonna come out is false. The most widely seen UFO right now is not alien, it's actually ours. This is a great cover story for all kinds of criminal activities, blame it on the aliens, right?
1: If we are being visited by interdimensional beings, we
3: should know about it. This has the big disadvantage of the truth being much more unbelievable than the fiction.
1: It's the crash retrievals that are the Rosetta Stone for solving the
3: UFO cover-up. The implications of this is the difference between extinction-level civilizations versus one that's gonna take off to the stars
2: right on ufo and fantastic man fantastic hey i I wanted to let everybody know too our first documentary countdown to disclosure uh this is basically ufo and games our trilogy but our first one um countdown to disclosure it's available for free it just dropped two days ago on youtube on the unidentified channel so search uh, countdown to disclosure it's for free for everybody to watch and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys that as well uh, guys wayne michelle I appreciate you guys having us on had a really thank good time thank you thank you very
1: much guys and if you ever want to come back on here at any point and promote some new shows and movies whatever you need a couple extra michelle's got some acting
2: background know, you know and, hey,
1: and i lady. look like a, a good killer so I could, you know.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. We'd like to send you the sneak peek of uh for your eyes only to a uh, day of the wicked, just for for you to check Whoa. out and get some opinions on it, huh? That Absolutely. Good to me. Yeah. You guys awesome. in for a good horror of a time? <laughs> I
0: love horror films. Yeah, oh, Michelle's great.
1: Michelle's into it much more than I am, but I, I, I like the more psychological thriller. This has a little things. bit of that
2: it has okay. a little bit it has
1: that little bit of everything hey and, if you uh,
2: send it to us we'll
1: watch it so for sure right okay <laughs> we want to get a
2: review we'll hold it to to you for just right. behind the scenes but yeah we're excited yeah. to put that out hey guys uh, appreciate it once again say hi to uh, rich over there at Goofon coming on the show right after this and good to see everybody in the chat um, thanks for having us once again keep your eyes on the skies everybody be safe
1: absolutely thank you Oh, Michelle, uh, uh, my, my heart's fluttering. <laughs> so, man, they were absolutely great. What do you think?
0: It was a great interview. Would have been nice if we were able to get them on video. I saw, you know, in chat at the beginning, like, you know, yeah, where's the the video? It would have been nice. You know, Smoochie asked, do the two of us agree with everything that uh, with the guests that we get on? so and, and I, I
1: not necessarily we all yeah. you know what the, the, the big there might thing would be with this, like little bits and pieces yeah you well know, the that big I might thing with this with. phenomenon is is that everybody has like their own experiences and they're different and uh you know, all the way from the craft looking different. Now, is that something that these things are able to project into our mind and, and change a little bit so nobody's exactly the same? I mean, um, you know, no. And, and as for us always agreeing with our guests, no, that's that's not what we do. We have our we have our own uh, belief system and our thoughts about uh, ufology and what's going on in, in the field. And we take a little different tack to it, but really, we're, we're really just wanting to get people to come on and tell their stories. And, um, and I think in
0: a sense it's, you know, about being polite, um, and allowing people to share their, their stories. But, you know, like I said earlier in the Mm -hmm. chat, when Guy and I were having a conversation, um, we have a very narcissistic government. So I truly feel that if this was a government craft, they would have shown I I just feel that they would have shown it off. Like, look, my toy is bigger than yours.
1: Yeah. And they do that. And that's what counterintelligence people do. They spend their time researching what other countries have militarily and technology wise and report that back. So if we were working on something like a TR three B and we had this stuff working, I mean, to fly it clandestine, like, but yet want to be seen by people that would get reported back to, let's say China. And they would instantly start working on this kind of stuff. So why even bother keeping it secret? You know, it's like, like Michelle said, you know, the, the bigger dudes want to flex their muscles and go, if you come over here, and you try mm-hmm. to mess with us. This is what we've got coming for you next. And generally that, you know. And like I said, the only.
0: Well, and the only reason that I brought up the the stealth fighters is because at the time they were very new. They were very secret. And, and they my were fa- crashing. Yeah. And they were crashing. And my father and I just happened to be coming out of a service merchandise. So that tells you how long ago this was. Yeah. And could hear this loud rumbling and saw this craft. Or I mean, the the stealth go right over us. Yeah, we knew that there was an air show in the area, so again, it was like, look at my toy; it's bigger than yours.
1: Yep. All right. So, chat, hold hold steady here for about four minutes. We're gonna help uh, a couple local businesses here. Well, one local business and contact in the desert, and then we're gonna take a three minute break. And we'll be right back. And Rich should be joining us from Goofon. Thank you, everybody. Hang tight.
0: Traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well, then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill Tucked Away at 37005 here on River Drive with daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family. You will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit!
2: The ninth annual Contact in the Desert conference happens the
1: weekend of June 2nd at the beautiful Renaissance Resort near Palm Springs, California. Join me, George Norrie, to discover what's next from speakers such as Graham Hancock, Richard Dolan, Nick Pope, Stephen Bassett, and over 50 other top researchers. Come make contact with new friends and discover the latest fascinating information from the fields of UFO studies, artificial intelligence, psychic phenomenon, and more. Reserve your seat now at contactinthedesert.com. Hey, everybody. Who? what a show. What a show. It was such an intense show. Michelle had to step out for a little bit. So
2: another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: I need somebody to help back everything up and keep things going here. And I know somebody is joining us, a very good friend of ours, somebody that actually helped us get things set up so we could get the Cousins brothers on here. So hats off to him. And I'm glad he's back from the dead. Richie. (laughs) We're here
4: waiting for that guy to show up, man. (laughs)
1: what is going on my friend how are you
4: recovering doing well how do i sound okay perfect it just sounds weird in my head i feel like i'm in a box but uh Uh, doing
1: my speakers a little bit i'll you know turn them down
4: oh no it's all right right. oh all right maybe it was that but no doing well uh i back on regular food for almost eight nine months i was just on basically 85 percent liquid diet and now i don't even like the taste of that stuff i was drinking they did something to me
1: is that boost
4: yeah like boost boost and, and ensure whichever one was on sale so yeah yeah doing good though how are you
1: oh man hanging in there and uh trying to get my blood pressure to come down a little bit after talking to two of the nicest guys in this field man what a that was a good interview
4: comments. yeah that was fun even though i've heard them and i talk to them and hear the same thing over and over i don't know i i'm just sitting there going yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like oh yeah yeah it's brent blake i know yeah that was a good so, interview
1: well thank you um of course we didn't get to like half of the questions that i had typed up but you know that's how these things always go um yeah. so what it was what great happened to you man what what did they figure out what was wrong when you know
4: i'm diabetic so i i don't eat 100 perfectly although i do eat okay you yeah. know i don't do the fast food thing anymore and uh and you're very I,
1: active i mean yeah you work yeah. out like every day you're kind of like every day in those regards
4: yeah, I think they call it digestivitis, something like that. It was the inflammation of your organs, your digestive organs, to be more exact. Okay. And it's like an infection, but it isn't. It's just they get inflamed and they get irritated with more the more acidic food you eat, which makes no sense because this happened almost two months to the day back on my birthday in March and I thought I was over it. So if I was eating really well, what am I gonna do now? I mean, is it gonna come back, you know? So the doc said, no, I'm gonna heal you, you're gonna be fine, but you need to see a primary care physician, just keep on it, you know? Stay on top of things, make sure everything's on the up and up. They put the scope down me, up me, in me, and (laughs) they said there's nothing wrong, nothing bleeding, nothing cut, you know? So I'm on the mend and obviously I feel better, just uh, yeah, I want to get back in the gym. You know, I don't have a lot of body fat, so it when you're not there doing any, when you're laying in bed for five days, uh, for me anyway, it, it deteriorates your muscle. Yes. You know, because because I was throwing up and I, you know, it was, my body was going through a lot, so I, I lost probably ten percent, and that's a lot if you think about it. It was like a whole five six weeks of workouts. I'm so pissed, you know. So anyway, but anyway, I'm. You know, we want to live, right? That's that's the goal in life. We we want to stay healthy. And believe me, I don't care how much money you have. If you're not alive to have fun with it, what's the use?
1: That's that's it. And I've heard somebody say that we are the only animals on the face of this planet who like to bargain with the future. How do you know what that future is huh. going to bring? Yeah, that's so true. You know? Yeah. It really we're so is. smart. We're see, stupid. Yeah, I don't see our cats sitting here. You know going you know what uh tomorrow i'm gonna start that treadmill
4: (laughs) you know the the movie uh forrest gump made me realize that's how you need to go through life just like he did whatever whatever happens you just go with it man make the best of it all right that's great everything's good you know and everything just works (laughs) out for the guy
1: yep absolutely so what do you got new coming up man what's going on Now that you're back and you're mending, you got some shows coming up. What's what's up?
4: Well, I have a show tonight. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I put one up. It's because I didn't talk about anything all week. Right. So I just wanted to talk tonight and just shoot the breeze and just get some things off. And uh, one of the haters did something so unbelievably disgusting. I have to talk about it. And uh, it's bad. It doesn't get any worse than what he did that's how bad it is and you know it's the well, main for one you I mean. to
1: even want to talk about it i mean usually you you leave things go unless they kind of strike first and uh yeah uh, I, I'm,
4: I'm not even I, i'm not I'm, i can't it's so disgusting and 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 low and over the line it's like i don't i still it's like surreal that it even happened that he even did a show like that it's amazing that youtube even allowed that even to stay up but i guess nobody's complaining about it because you know hate is good for some people it's really a, a sick and twisted individual
1: wow.
4: and i'll be talking about that yeah it's okay. gonna be great man it's gonna be great <laughs>
0: <laughs> good so time you know what we'll be watching at 10 30 tonight
1: yeah
4: we'll, yeah we'll, or oh, 11. i changed fun. the time to 11. how you doing michelle
0: good it's nice to see you back on air
4: thank you very much i appreciate that yeah it's good to be back here too
0: okay sound yeah. good
4: well thanks yeah yep. i'm almost there almost there tomorrow i'll be there 100 percent.
1: you know talking about working out all the time and stuff have you ever measured your body fat content what you're at sure
4: oh i had to yeah
1: yeah what are you at right now
4: if I was to hedge a bet, the last time I checked was just before my birthday, and I was at fourteen percent. Oh, okay. I usually like some... to be around ten.
1: Yeah, and and usually bodybuilders will compete at about five percent and three
4: three to two.
1: Well, and one, yeah, yeah
4: they really but
1: they're do close to death at that point. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but they've, done, they've come a long way with their techniques, man. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. disgusting. I would never go that. That's so extreme. It's like I, that's surreal to me. You know, it's you st- I stand next to those people and I feel like I haven't even worked out. You know, it, it's I have that body dysmorphia, they call it. They call it big, big, big smorphia or something like that. It's a new term where I see myself as skinny no matter how big I get. Oh. And yeah, it's a, it's a thing that happens with bodybuilders and it's just our own mind playing tricks on us. It's the reverse of uh, the uh the uh, you know people think they're big.
1: Yeah, the anorexic, right?
4: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing.
1: Or I bulimic, have the, right?
4: Or bulimia's uh yeah, I I guess that's side effect of uh you know. That's man, I found a lot of great new ways to to upchuck
1: Yeah, I was watching your show last night. Michelle's like, nope, I'm walking away on this one. Yeah. We just got done having a big steak dinner and everything. uh, I don't blame you. You started talking about that. It's like, nope, come out.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't going to go into the full, you know, full evil, showing you how it worked. But man alive, Uh, I'm so sore today still, you know just oh, yeah. this side of my throat from my finger. Cause I had a nail that grew really quick and I kept jabbing myself in that little punching bag back there and all that. So I think I injured it a little bit, <laughs> but I, I cut the nail off and then I was fine to go hack again. But uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Never again, hopefully not.
0: Yeah. You're lucky but that you have a voice today. Yeah.
4: I don't, yeah, it's really amazing. But you know, I learned how to vomit without bleh, screaming because there were people right outside the door. So I don't want them to keep hearing me because every time I threw up, they'd come in are you okay? <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You know, you're going to rip your innoids. And I'm like, I know how to throw up. I've been doing this for two and a half years. <laughs> and I did I, I mean, I, they were frustrating. They were so on top of me. As soon as they found out what was wrong with me, I couldn't get them to come to my room. <laughs> it was like, they, I'm like, Hey, the beeping thing. And I need some water hello, you know, and 20 minutes goes by and I'm like, can somebody please bring me something?
1: Well, we're, we're glad that you are doing well and on the mend, man. And it's good to see you back at it. So I was concerned and uh, I had Mm. some contact me and and let me know what was going on. So I figured, you know, I'm not going to bother him, you know, just let him do his thing and, And we'll talk at some point. And here you are talking after our cousin's brother's interview. So,
4: and you know, it's so weird. I very rarely have guests on that. I forgot I had three guests lined up this week, including guy. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't even think about emailing anybody or saying, hey, I was out because I never have guests on. And then today when I woke up this morning and I still haven't emailed anybody because I'm scared now. It's been too long. I went too long. How do I tell these people I was in the hospital? I guess they're not going to believe me or believe me or go to my Facebook page, I guess, and see me there. That was one of the reasons why I post stuff like that, because I kept hearing my phone go ding. And I'm, I had yeah. to turn the ringer off, and I'm like, God, oh, oh my God, I have to say something. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, yeah. but everybody was so nice. I, I, you know, the outpouring of well wishes and love, and guys are unbelievable. It, it really, it, it I, I'll be honest, it makes you well up, you know, and uh, it humbles you a lot, a lot. Well, and
1: you know, and it, you can draw strength from that too when you're when you're down low and and ill or just not mentally in a good place you know you can kind of get back to that and think you know yeah screw all the haters i'm doing my show if they don't like it piss on them you know
4: and you know i don't even think of the haters anymore the only reason i know you
1: really you've really changed that quite a bit from geez what four or five months ago when when there was the, you know, alien addicts stuff that was going on and all of that. And you were like, you know what? Nope. Um, um, I'm done yet. They still keep going.
4: (laughs) They still do. You know, ufology has got so much to offer and they just want to focus on the negative. But I, I know who am I to say I did that for so long myself. And, uh, it finally, you finally realize that, you know what, it really doesn't matter. Somebody told me this. I had this motivational speaker on as a guest and you know, healing guy and all this. And he's trying to tell me, and you know the guy, he's been on TV. Uh, I don't remember him right now, but his name is Michael James or something like that. I don't know, some really big name. Okay. And and he was on and he's telling me, you are, you're not responsible for what they do. Why do you feel like you have to be the voice in this? And I go, because if I don't, who's gonna know? He goes, they already know. People know what kind of people they are. They just don't care like, everything has to run its cycle you you can't control you are just one person and i know that sounds demoralizing but it, it takes a herculean effort to make change and one person can maybe start the change but it's going to take a lot of people to do it and at that time i didn't have a lot of people so he's like you're just killing yourself you're stressing yourself out over things you have no control over and i said i understand that doctor you know, um, <laughs> but easier said than done, sir. But I I said, I'm not wired that way. You know, I have to say something. I have to. And the reason I have to, because no one else is. That's why I do. That's what Goof-On was about. That's why I started doing the AZ UFO show, you know, and way back in 06. It was just all about. Really telling people what's going on behind the scenes, what I experienced, how people really do not care about the truth in this field that you think they do, like Dolan and some other people that are out there. Champ. Yeah, I was going to say something, but they're just. They're they are I don't know if they're done and over with, but I think that it's time to move on. But I can't tell them to do that. I should move on, too. It's been 20 years. You know, well, what have I done? I haven't done anything. Maybe a few people I've changed minds. I know because they've emailed me 10 years later and said, you were right. And I said, yeah, I know. I hate being right, but, <laughs> you know, it's like you don't want to rub it in anybody's face, but you want to rub it in everybody's face. You know, not just one person. You want to let everybody know you were right. It's nice. Yeah. And it's easy to be right in this field because most of the stuff out there is explainable or it's man-made. So, you know, the odds were in my no favor. Evidence,
1: or there's no. no evidence, you know. It's, yeah,
4: easy. It's
1: it's what pisses me off the most about what Michelle and I went through. It's like all I can tell people is how sick I got afterwards uh, yeah what oh, we your saw story what happened and the people that contacted us when we started that facebook group out of the blue telling us their stories and going holy crap what is going on in this state you know and that's and, and we were talking to uh smoochie in chat and you know my my thing is is that no, we don't agree with every guest that we have on. That's not right. Oh yeah,
4: for. I saw that comment. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's not what we're here for. We're here to ask questions and then come to our own conclusions. You know, between Michelle and I because it was yeah. Michelle and I that had this experience and this is how this phenomenon seems to work is that it will present itself. Now, are they craft? Are they ours? Are they aliens? Who can say, but the way that it presented itself to us. And it seems to be very specific, or I, I shouldn't say specific, very different based on the people that see it. Yeah. And I don't know how else to explain That's it. it. That's I, it. You can. Yeah. And so, you know, we just, I, I guess we deal with a bunch of stories and they could be lies they could be true but we'll never know until something happens where we have solid concrete evidence to to look at you There's know?
4: so much i when i was in the hospital watching i watched a lot of these unsolved shows you know and oh, yeah. all this stuff and uh and then that i watched it some stuff i've never seen before some evidence that's just come out you know and I haven't seen it yet because the TV they get it and then they hold the rights to it and it never makes it to the internet so I'm like wow man that is really good Uh, if that's fake I mean really wow good job so there I know for a fact because of my own experiences something is going on that we can't explain and I think you were you know saying that too everybody has their own experiences and that's all that that's it yeah you can't convince anybody of it i don't think they have to experience it i was one of those people that was interested in it but never saw anything until i was like 34. and then it was like oh my god it's was, real was that
1: the was that the lights out in the, the it was the desert? ball of
4: light that came in no it was a ball of light that came into our bedroom me and my my oh. wife's bedroom yeah softball so size like
1: paranormal
4: yeah. Yeah.
1: Thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But I was into the UFO thing at the time. So but I've always been into the ghost. But the house we lived in, we found out the lady who owned it before buried her two dogs in the backyard planner. And I had captured them on as orbs. And I, ha- I still have the photo somewhere saved. And you can see the faces of two uh, Bichon dogs in each one of the orbs.
1: Oh, that's weird.
4: I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even have to tell anybody. I go, what do you see right there? Oh, it's a dog. I go, what kind? I don't know. It looks like a Bichon or something. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see it. So isn't that weird? That oh, is... I love that stuff.
1: Well, that's, that's just why like, I'm in it. That's just like, um, Myself and my ex-wife, man, when when her mom preserved flowers from my mother's funeral and we got them back in the case, we set them on a counter. And, and my ex-wife did this, set it on the counter of our kitchen in a non-smoking building, non-smoking apartment. Nobody in the apartment with us. Nobody underneath us. Nothing. Yeah. And I moved in to look at the flowers real close and I could smell cigarettes about uh. maybe 12 inches away from it. And I backed up and I said, Do you smell that? She's like, smell what? I said, let's look at the flowers. Come here, get in close. And as you move in, you would get that strong smell, that smell of smoke. You moved into it? Yeah.
4: That's cool. Yeah, right on. We did right it a
1: couple of times and we, found, you know, we could figure out there was like a a, a section. I don't want to say an orb because it's not an orb, but a, a, a dome or something. Like a bubble. Yeah, a bubble. There you go. That. You know, when you broke that ball, bu- you could smell the cigarette smoke. And then That's like so the third cool. time, yeah, the third time we did it, it was it was gone.
4: You were in and a time it, bubble, man. That's what happened.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, she was like, Well, I guess your mom was coming to check out the flowers and, right. and I knew her cigarette smoke. She smoked those uh more cigarettes Oh were, my god. You know, right? That <laughs> yeah. that was her cigarette and she I don't know these, those, yeah. Yeah, the red ones I think they were and she would always say i'm not going to get sick i, I don't mm. inhale anyways you know and then she ended up dying of lung cancer
4: so. oh that's oh yeesh. you know so yeah that sucks but, but it was, was her cigarette smoke
1: it was it very oh, distinct that
4: just so is so cool that's like <laughs> the greatest thing that's confirmation it
1: confirmation. is
4: confirmation yeah and it's for you you and whoever else can sense it, not everybody will feel it, even or see it, even if they're right next to you. That's the beauty of the phenomena. Hear it, even. Did yep. you hear that? No. Whoa, you didn't hear that? It was like they were yelling. I didn't hear a thing. And, that, and it's like, whoa, how does that happen? Vibrations, our bodies' vibration, the room vibration—they matched up like a tuning fork. Who knows? Yeah. But it sure is wild stuff, man. I love yeah. this planet.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, a, definitely a, a crazy ride. So what did you think of the interview? Anything jump out uh, with the Cousins brothers? Like you said, you've talked to them so much and you've seen other interviews. Anything, uh, you know, jump out at you with what they were talking about?
4: Not really. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to, th- to to go through it because i was doing laundry at the same time
1: <laughs> so was i nobody could tell though
4: which by the Wait way my load was, is going to end here
1: i was no. dirty i was dirty in my dirty. laundry is what i was doing
4: so. yeah I, I, uh, I uh yeah so i you know i've heard them so many times i can probably just say anything i want it would be pretty much what they said tonight they <laughs> You know what they're doing is uh as a big channel is i think important and i think getting in uh pairing up with greer because they were officially on his channel you know if you go to greer's channel there's a video there with blake talking on it and you know so i mean they've integrated into each other which is a very very interesting combination third phase of moon and dr stephen greer Everybody knows that third phase of moon, they know who they are. They know they're filmmakers. They know that they've made three movies for Greer already. Uh, and they've all been smash hits, which is amazing to me. I mean, how amazing is that these guys make these movies on almost zero budget and they, they just go through the roof. They're beating out hundred million dollar movies.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. It's weird. I still, I don't know what to make of Greer. And and like I told them at the beginning was, you know, and Michelle was agreeing with me. A lot of the times it seems like Greer is talking in circles and repeating the same stuff. And he's making circular arguments against somebody that we don't know if they're there or not. Like (laughs) so-and-so said to us and it's like, Okay. Who? Who? Where? Who?
4: Never heard of that guy before. Uh, yeah. Somebody do a back check.
1: And, and, and I had Michelle Jesus. on the couch earlier and we were watching it. And I go, okay, let me logically put this through my, my filter and see what. And maybe we can get Greer on here and, and, and talk to him about it. Maybe he could break it down a little bit better. But what what I was seeing was 1947, UFO comes from billions of miles away. Crashes here on Earth. We get materials. We put it to Wright Patterson and everything else. And now, before 1947, by the way, people were reporting different types of UFOs. But okay, let's they let's were. just leave that behind. Now our government has broken these things apart and gone to Wright Patterson and gone over here and bodies over there. And da 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 da. They've been working on it for 78 years, and we have no weapons of destruction that we're flying over china going listen to us right but instead what we're going to do is we're going to fly triangles and we're <laughs> going to make tic-tacs and stuff zip around in crowded airspace which is an FAA regulation violation no-no. yeah you, you can't even what is it uh is it a part 107 or something just to fly drones
4: yes that is right? it you're in. Right. that's right
1: so yeah so but they're gonna fly these 300 foot per side triangles over <laughs> populated areas so we can see them make everybody think we're crazy yeah. but yet then we're gonna have an alien so uh, an alien invasion false flag so we've been working for the last 78 years on making everybody think they're nuts and then faking an invasion. So, oh. for what?
4: You know why? It's always about money. It's about getting the black budget projects their Good money, point. and you have to have a threat. Without the threat, you have no fear. Without the fear, you can't get people to sign off on stuff to make better technology, to take the fear away. Oh, my God, I better sign up for this. They need that funding to come up with new technology to, you know, fight their technology because they're ahead of us. And that's what it all comes down to. And if they put the alien twist on it, well, then, wow, that exponentially makes it more important because they could take us out at any time. Right. You know, it's like, oh, my God, the aliens, they could just do whatever they want. Well, why don't they? Uh, oh, we well, who knows? But they're planning something. There's a threat out there. We don't know what it is, but you got yeah, it. Yeah, it's for funding. That's all it's ever been about. See, I think Roswell's all BS anyway. And what?
1: I I, I was just going to say, you know, I I listened to um uh A gentleman, Andrew Bustamante, who's a former CIA. I don't know if you've seen him. I do
4: know the name.
1: Okay. He um, really puts it out there. And and this kind of backs up like what we're both saying. He says the CIA, the number, the way they recruit people are these people that might have some moral flexibility in them. In other words, to do bad things. But the goal... The goal is always, 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 at least in the main government, is for American primacy. So, in other words, for mm. the for America to be the top dog on the planet with everything, if we have these technologies, what makes America number one and primacy, you know, the top dog? If we can have a fleet of quote unquote TR3Bs hovering wherever we want them, and nothing can touch them, we're the top dog. That's it, that's the end of it. So it makes that's no it. sense to me that the government would be working on this stuff. Now, maybe private contractors, you know, robots, general dynamics, yeah. AI. Maybe that's a different story. So I don't know that it, it just Michelle's like looking at me while we're watching this and she goes, "Okay, I need to get up and walk away because you're you're making my head hurt even more.
4: Right. And then every time my head gets to that point, I say to myself, well, what are abductions? And then it's like, "Okay, now we're going to bring aliens into this because we got the technology. But millions of people have had abductions. What about that? Is that real, or are we just hallucinating everything while we're sleeping? Come on. There's one real story out of all of those. I know that. I feel it in my bones. Something tells me that would be insane if it wasn't. So,
1: Well, I just wonder if somebody's feeding Greer. Like, if if he's on a list somewhere, (laughs) and they're like, we got somebody better than Lazar, guys. You ready? Dr. Greer, check this out. It, let's let's feed them some information and it could be it, it it should not be like CIA it's against the law for them to operate in the United States right okay, yeah quote right. unquote right yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. but it could be other countries France is oh, yeah. a very yeah. big uh, bone to pick with us and they do intelligence operations against us all the time Russia mm. China. Israel. I mean, there were people mm. arrested not too long ago, naval engineers that were giving secrets to Israel Mm-mm-mm. and they are in prison right now, <laughs> you know, things like that. So I don't know. I think something's going on with Greer 100% and he may be onto some stuff. Um, <laughs> but, mean, Dorothy nailed it spot on. What did Dorothy say? Elizondo
0: and Greer both having the same lawyer
1: you gotta wonder Uh, that
4: I didn't think of that that's right (laughs) yeah that's That's really like a good comment of the year right there yeah that is true well you know why that's really smart because then they they can disclose everything to just one person and he knows both sides of the story
1: and he can funnel he can control the narrative of their information through one person
4: and yeah and you know whose idea that was? Daniel that was, Sheehan's. Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'll just work for both of you, double the pay. Uh, that would so, that
1: I, I don't know. It does none of that stuff gets us any closer to, to figuring out what nah. we went through and what we saw, but I don't know, man. I know Greer is famous for the Wilson documents and and getting that out there. And he, he is for for better or worse, man him along with third phase of the moon are getting this stuff out there and it's got people interested because there is without a doubt something going on. Is it what they say? I don't know. It, It seems too human thought, like the thought process is too human for, for what they're saying is going on versus how would we even know what an alien mind might think when they see earth if it's aliens right, right. Y- you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at
4: you can't you can't know you can't. that's my thing yeah I always say that how do you don't know the intent you don't know what they're thinking you don't know where they come from why they think the way they do how they think who knows if they even think I Maybe mean, they just react I don't know, man.
1: I know some people have said the greys are like uh, uh, AI drones.
4: That too,
1: you know. That
4: makes a lot of sense, though. If they can, yeah, it does.
1: See, I I don't mind
4: that. Yeah, I don't mind that because it doesn't. No, because if they have to, well, we assume they travel great distances. I don't think they do. I think they probably have either worm it teleported some way or not I do I really do because it's so far it, it would take thousands of generations and lifetimes right yes yeah. to go yeah, at the speed of light it would take that long to go somewhere that's worthy of of life so or has life I should say but there's so many out there how can that not be happening here in our own solar system correct according to uh, you know some people there's a million people living in our solar system or more than that on other on all the moons and stuff
1: i mean how would we really know i mean you know, we see we things
4: you see strange looking monolith shapes on that one place what is that io or i don't know what the hell that yeah, moon the, is the
1: Jupiter um, moon,
4: yeah something i guess maybe i don't know um Yeah. You know, there's structures that could be on Mars or the moon. I mean, there's some really good evidence out there and people have whistleblown, (laughs) whistleblown. And they said that they, you know, they were there when, and were told how things were airbrushed. You've seen that documentary or that thing on unsolved mysteries. And they told, and he said, they just airbrushed them off the moon pictures. And that's how they go out to the public. They airbrush everything. So, yeah, I believe they do. I believe there's a huge cover up. What is it? Who are they? What do they want? My God, it's, it's gotta be something so phenomenal that they can't disclose it to us because we wouldn't be able to handle it. Because I bet you, if we found out what it was, we would want it so bad that we would probably do anything to get it. And that could cause people to go crazy imagine living forever if they had that technology. I wanna get that, how do I get that? Well, people will figure out a way to group together and storm Area 51 maybe, who knows? Billionaires get together, never know what people will do. It's fun though.
1: Yeah, it's fun to (laughs) speculate.
4: (laughs) And then we talk about uh, the underground military bases, the dumbs, you know, and then take about, you know,
1: Oh, those have to be real. I mean, if yeah, at, of course, like, nuclear missile sites and NORAD in the mountain and
4: yeah, on, those,
1: those bases are real. Are they where people say they are? Well, then they're not very secret. If that's true,
4: <laughs> you know, they probably. You know, you can probably throw a dart anywhere now and hit uh, some some place underground that's got motion in it under yeah. it. But I think there's tunnels all under the U.S. now. I think that's the lot. A lot of the booms people here in the southeast part of the United States—they're just constantly doing stuff, man.
1: It's, are, are they getting crazy. ready for a uh, extinction level impact? And
4: maybe I think that I, is imminent. It's imminent anyway. It is the big—the big one is imminent, which isn't really extinction level, but the big one would be big. Um, the tsunami would probably take out millions of people from that if there was one
1: and then you have yellowstone the yellowstone's
4: down. overdue by sixty thousand years is it you would know right well how many years is it overdue
1: yeah i want to say it's about 50 to 80 something jesus somewhere in that range oh yeah. i
4: guess right and they yeah.
1: constantly are talking about how that ground is rising and uh, yeah subsiding and rising and subsiding so so wild yeah yeah
4: and it's active totally active you know new zealand i didn't know they get earthquakes all the time in new zealand it's crazy over there oh yeah
1: that's on that uh the the ring of fire the ring of fire and yeah. that, that area is a big subduction zone where a big <laughs> chunk of uh of oceanic uh crust is sliding underneath <laughs> that whole area that's where you get the mariana's trench
4: yeah and so uh, yeah, yeah
1: that's man that's really active yeah I was
4: watching drain the oceans you know and they drain the ocean show us the ring of fire and I was like dude this planet is alive it is so awesome there's no way we we can't we can't we can hurt the earth I don't think we could kill it I think we could kill it though if we launched every nuclear weapon and everything we had into the atmosphere that would hurt it for a long time, but the earth would still be doing its molten lava plate tectonic and all that other stuff. I th- yeah. don't, you believe the earth is alive. Uh, do you think yeah. it's alive? I think it's alive.
1: It's an organism.
4: An yeah. organism. Wow. Yeah. It is, isn't it?
1: It is. If it's, yeah. alive. it's a, it's a, it is a collection of different systems just like you have in your body. Yes. That, you know, It is. It is alive and it is an organism and there are things that depend on other things to happen. Like, you know, people poo poo global warming and all that stuff. That's, Mm. you know, I I understand. (laughs) I've looked at the data. The problem I have is, is that most people don't understand that 70 percent of the planet's oxygen comes from the ocean. So, if we do have a large influx of carbon dioxide into the air, it gets absorbed by the ocean. And what that does hmm. is it kills all the phytoplankton because the upper levels of the ocean are becoming more acidic. That's hmm. what we should worry about.
4: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, you don't wow.
1: want, You can look up the papers and stuff and how they are testing the ocean acidity because if those things go, we're gone. You can burn every plant and tree on on the ground on the world if you want to there's still going to be oxygen but you go into the ocean and you turn that water into carbonic acid it's going to kill all those phytoplankton animals wow and there goes just about all the oxygen
4: wow that's wild yeah Yeah. Uh, you know that
1: people knew that you know maybe it would be more of a serious Thing that we should you know take care of our oceans take care of our yeah. water you know there's ways of doing it china be
2: than, yeah
4: india japan india. they don't give a shit about nope. the ocean they don't give a shit about the wildlife they don't care no nope. they're just survivalists and they'll 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 extinct uh, uh they'd, they'd rather die than you know
1: survive try to survive the right day, way hey man
4: Unreal, unreal.
1: they're those countries—they're still living like we were living close to 200 years ago, man. The next pretty day-
4: much the industrial age, yeah. right? They yep. are. They're dumping everything into. They are 90% of the problem. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I found that out. So angry.
1: Well, I, I, received- I watched a
4: lot of TV when I was in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I received a message from uh, Jared Murphy. Oh While yeah? they were down in Belize, and he said, You're not gonna believe this, but the bathrooms here are all piped, and all the pipes run out of the back of the, the building, and you can watch everything <gasps> flow right now the
4: ocean. Oh no, you're kidding. No, sir. But the ocean. See, I think when when there's a, a certain amount of people in a certain civilization, that's why we've had extinction level events. I think something happens where we implode on ourselves because we've either consumed everything or everything just stopped working for whatever reason. The governments, everybody, you know, it's yeah. just it's. I think we're almost at that tipping point. When we get to ten billion people, when we get to nine billion people. The water shortage is going to be phenomenal, they say. And we're only, uh, what, 10, 12 years away from that. So (laughs) I'm glad I'm
1: checking out. Well, on that note, Richie, since it's such a positive note. Yes. We're we're at the two-hour and three-minute mark, and we're going to wrap this up so I can get this out as an audio podcast as well. But do you want to – let anybody know what or everybody know what you got coming up uh soon i know you're talking about maybe getting guests back on and all that so what well yeah
4: you know i've got a couple of ghost hunts i'm gonna do and uh washington
1: what's going on in washington man
4: so i found out today i can get funding to go to washington so i'm probably gonna go so it's gonna be incredible uh that so that's probably gonna happen and then i'm gonna go to miami you know uh do some storm chasing you know this year's got a lot of stuff ready to go and i've got the cameras all charged up and tonight i got a little show just to talk about the week and uh that's coming up in about an hour exactly an hour yeah
1: all right so everybody you heard it here make sure you get over there to richie's show in one hour and let's uh Let's give good them morning. some support and uh, it's be good. likes and views and shares, and let's let's get that going. You'll see. But welcome back, Richie. We're glad to see you. We're glad you're healthy. You're on the mend.
4: You know, thank <sighs> you for that. I, I don't know, man. Some days I just want it to end. You know, the, like I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you have to, you know. Uh, talk to me after 20 years, and then we'll see
1: right right
4: it sucks nothing changes i just want change that's it okay i know we got to go i'll talk to you later thank you for having me on it was nice having me all
1: right richie take care man (laughs) hey good night Richie. (laughs) bye michelle
4: (laughs) thanks see you guys
1: oh michelle what a great show man i I told you this was gonna be a, a damn fine show damn good show damn good show (laughs) <laughs> Not only did we have third phase of Luna, but we got Richie to jump on with us for a little bit and talk about things. And man, glad he's doing well. And, uh, you know, the haters are going to hate. I guess they, you know, he's really renting uh, space in their head for whatever reason. I don't know. If any of those people are listening to us or whatever, stop. Just stop wasting your time and focus your energy somewhere better and uh, move forward, man. Stop. Stop living in that past and uh we can all move forward together so everybody in the chat room over there Jeanette Angel Straw Dog Smoochie Smoochie not sure Dorothy yes Bernie Miro thank you guys for joining us and uh we really really like and appreciate you guys showing up for this one now remember next Saturday no show so we're taking that weekend off for graduation but the following saturday it's stephen bassett once again he's gonna be on and we're gonna find out a little bit about what's going on um in see here soon so uh man that's gonna be really exciting and contact in the desert and all of this so head on over and check richie out yep so about what 45 minutes 50 minutes or so yeah, get over there to like goof fun. all right michelle this was a damn fine show, damn,
0: fine show.
1: love hey, this show have a yeah. damn good night everyone and remember Hi, everyone. those i those damn eyes <laughs> into the, the sky, sky. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous all right we we just need to stop all right <laughs> bye everybody
0: You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.